with so much consolidation happening in the provider space, RCM service providers also need to be able to scale up to meet the revenue cycle needs of those larger practices and larger organizations. So M&A and consolidation is a natural evolution in this RCM services space as well. Welcome to the Big Unlock podcast, your leading source for insights and best practices on the digital transformation of healthcare. Join host Patty Patmanaban, CEO of Demo Consulting and best-selling author of Healthcare Digital Transformation, how consumerism, technology, and pandemic are accelerating the future in conversation with healthcare and technology leaders. This podcast is brought to you with the support of our partners, Innovacer and Powbox. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to my podcast. This is Patty, and it is my great privilege and honor to introduce my special guest today, David Cohen, Chief Product and Technology Officer at Greenway Health. David, thank you so much for setting aside the time, and welcome to the show. Hi, Patty. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, David, tell us a little bit about Greenway Health and your role at uh, Greenway Health. Sure, absolutely. So, I'm the Chief Product and Technology Officer at Greenway Health, and Greenway is a leading provider of healthcare technology solution and services. Our clients represent about 50,000 ambulatory healthcare providers across multiple specialties, and that equates to about our several millions patient lives cared for using Greenway solutions. I've worked in this intersection of healthcare and technology for over 15 years, and it's been a very exciting and dynamic space to be focused on, particularly seeing the level of impact that we're able to have in helping practices better care for and manage patients, and also improving the health of the communities that they serve. Yeah, that's a great introduction. And you're obviously leaders in your space, uh, have a big uh, footprint on the ambulatory side of healthcare. You're also a very well-known name in the revenue cycle management revenue cycle operation space. So let me start with this. Uh, what is the current state of the RCM service provider sector? I see a lot of M&A and consolidation. Can you kind of walk us through what is the state of the union in your sector and what's driving specifically some of the M&A activity? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, so let's, you know, to level set, Greenway provides EHR and practice management technology solutions to our clients. But as you mentioned, we also are a leader in the RCM services space. I think like you mentioned, there is a lot of M&A activity happening in the market. And the major driver for that is really efficiency of scale. And being part of a larger organization has several advantages. So one, sophisticated RCM service providers like Greenway we're starting to develop automation capabilities, robust analytics and machine learning models that can help to reduce the overall cost of practices to collect and improve financial outcomes for practices. And these are capabilities that smaller companies would struggle to develop on their own. And it's also a reason why we're seeing more and more ambulatory practices turning to revenue cycle services providers to help them with their RCM operations. We also see, you know, larger RCM service providers 
getting better financial outcomes and results for clients. And that can result in better contract negotiations. And the third thing I'll mention is around scalability. So with so much consolidation happening in the provider space, RCM service providers also need to be able to scale up to meet the revenue cycle needs of those larger practices and larger organizations. So M&A and consolidation is a natural evolution in this RCM services space as well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you did make a couple of interesting comments there around uh, the role of technology, and we will unpack some of that. Before we get there, how has the pandemic impacted your clients, the ambulatory practices? Yeah, it's been an interesting, you know, up and up and down year and a half for our clients. So COVID, you know, at the early onset had a significant impact on ambulatory practices. Throughout 2020, we saw spikes in COVID cases and hospitalizations putting immense pressure on healthcare staff and resources. And this resulted in steep declines in non-COVID volume and sharply reduced revenues. So at Mm -hmm. a macro level, reports show that visits to ambulatory care practices declined by almost 60% last year with primary care practices experiencing pretty significant revenue losses across the board. In 2021, we're starting to see things stabilize quite a bit, but practices still need to consider adding new revenue cycle resources and added support to improve their financial stability. Yeah. So there's been a shift to virtual care across the sector, both in the ambulatory and in the inpatient space and uh, remote patient monitoring, telehealth, telemedicine, all of that uh, has sort of accelerated uh, by an order of magnitude from everything that we see. Now for your clients, specifically in the ambulatory space, what do you see has been the the role of technology in helping them to improve their operational efficiencies, but also in terms of making sure that their cash flows and their reimbursements and everything are pretty much aligned to all the expenses that they have to incur. How do all of these fit together in this in this emerging dynamic of a post-pandemic era where you know we don't know where the inpatient volumes are going to land eventually? That's right. And it's a great question. You know, before COVID, virtual care and telehealth in particular was the most talked about, least adopted technology in the industry. And you know, obviously there were reimbursement rules that were driving that quite a bit. But COVID was just a a tremendous catalyst in the industry that saw significant adoption and uptake in telehealth. And what we're, we're seeing now is that having virtual care as an additional tool in the toolbox for patient care, it really has a double benefit of keeping patients healthier, as well as helping practices to stabilize financially by giving them an additional source of revenue. The 2021 CMS fee schedule, it extended reimbursement guidelines for telehealth visits and made many of those changes permanent, which is really exciting for the industry. A lot of our practices have been glad to see that happen. So we believe that telehealth is here to stay. Where it stabilizes is kind of the question of the moment, but it's absolutely important and we're advising practices to start to define now 
and understand how virtual care fits into the services portfolio that they offer, including defining which visit types will be eligible to be scheduled as virtual care visits as part of that practice strategy. Virtual care is a great way for practices to reach out to underserved areas of their population and be thinking about how they can extend the reach of their practice into the communities. Beyond telehealth, Pat, we also are seeing increases in opportunities to support remote patient monitoring as part of that overarching virtual care strategy. And it's really important for practices in terms of managing patient chronic conditions, particularly when patients are not physically making it into the clinic as frequently with telehealth becoming so accessible and available. So one, we're seeing you know, those great improvements to patient outcomes and seeing virtual care and telehealth as an important tool in the toolbox for ambulatory care practices, but then also using virtual care and telehealth as an important catalyst and additional revenue opportunity for practices. Yeah. Well, uh, you mentioned a couple of things. One is, of course, yes, the telehealth waivers. Uh, that was great news in the early days of the, the pandemic. And then some of it is uh, permanent. There's still some that uh, are yet to be decided upon. And then, of course, the level of reimbursement, which is good, but which is not exactly on par with in-person visits. So it's probably a little less than uh, in-person visits, right? And so it means a couple of things for for the ambulatory practices. One, how do they make up the shortfall? And uh, two, if they have to use technology, and from all of your comments, it's very clear that they have to invest in the technology in order to be able to handle virtual visits or provide remote care and or do remote uh, patient monitoring, chronic care management, and so on. There's a technology enablement aspect to it, and obviously a cost related to that as well. So. How are they dealing with it right now? And, and tell me about how Greenway Health, is. does that mean that you're also changing your business model to become something different, something more to your clients than you were earlier? Yeah, so at Greenway, our clients absolutely look for us to stay ahead of the curve in the market. And that's something that we really view our role as trusted advisors to our clients and understanding where the industry is going as a whole, as well as obviously keeping abreast of the the regulatory changes and dynamic regulatory landscape. You know, last year, as we saw things start to emerge, Greenway responded by bringing to market a proprietary or homegrown telehealth product. We also extended some of our existing services to offer our clients virtual care and remote patient monitoring capabilities. So certainly I think, you know, this industry shift towards virtual care has put Greenway in a position to pivot on behalf of our clients to be able to offer them the services and technologies that our clients need for them to be successful. That makes a lot of sense. This podcast is brought to you with the support of our partners, Innovacer and Powbox. Now, in this podcast, we talk a lot about uh, digital health and telehealth, virtual care. As you can imagine, this podcast is really about digital transformation. One of the things we see in the market is that there's lots of solutions out there. It's, in some ways, it's a fragmented marketplace when it comes to digital health solutions. 
And of course, you've got the the uh, EHR vendors who are trying to be a lot of things, most things, if if they have their way, to their clients. But uh, there's also a need for standalone best class solutions. The challenge, one of the big challenges with many of the standalone solutions is that they don't integrate as seamlessly as they could or should. What does that mean for your clients, the ambulatory practices, if they buy a solution from you, if they, let's say, on uh, you know some other EHR, ambulatory modules, what do they expect from you and what do you expect of them to in order to make this work seamlessly so that they can deliver better care and better experiences? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, at Greenway, one of the things that we'll always do is give our, you know, our clients choice. And we, of course, on our marketplace have several telehealth partners that our clients can leverage. And certainly we're seeing in the industry a lot of new virtual care players emerging. But the question that you're asking, Patty, is exactly the reason why Greenway went down the path of developing our own telehealth product. Because what we saw was a lot of products on the market missing the mark with our clients in terms of what they're looking for and the level of integration with their core EHR and practice management systems. And that lack of integration created a lot of inefficiency in practice workflow. So there's several things that we really focused on as we were building a product that I think are important for practices to consider. So, you know, number one, obviously, is being HIPAA compliant and security conscious first and foremost. Out of the gate, as many practices were taking a shotgun approach to telehealth adoption, we saw practices, you know, out of the gate adopting non-standard telehealth products. And I would really encourage practices to consider the security aspects of the products that they're leveraging. Number two, Mm -hmm. as you alluded to, is the level of integration that practices are expecting from a core product with their existing EHR and practice management solutions. And that can come into play in terms of how a telehealth and virtual care product integrates with their scheduling systems, their registration systems, as well as their billing systems, all things that are really important in terms of having a seamless practice experience. Some examples, for example, with our product is we have the ability to see virtual waiting room work lists directly within the practice management system. So it's one-stop shopping for, for practice and provider. Another integration capability is around patient flow tracking within the EHR and practice management solution. So being able to see when a patient is virtually checked into that waiting room and ready to be seen by a clinician is really important. And then when that virtual visit ends, being able to automatically check patients out of the encounter as well is also important. So we know that that encounter is closed. So there's several areas and points of integration that I think are really important for practices to consider as they are adopting different telehealth technologies. Yeah, I think these are all very valid points. So let's switch gears a little bit. And from a practice, from an ambulatory practice standpoint, what are the new performance indicators that they should be looking at in the current context? And in that light, can you also maybe talk about how you might be enabling them with analytics capabilities in better managing their uh, cash flows, their revenue cycle operations? 
Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, like everything in business, Patty, if you can't measure it, you can't improve it. And Mm -hmm. that's one of the top mistakes that I think practices make is trying to run their business blind. So measuring and baselining medical practice financial performance is absolutely the best first step that practices should take in managing the their financial health. It also helps to be able to benchmark performance against known best practices. And that's something that a revenue cycle partner can help with. So some of the more important revenue cycle key performance indicators that we focus on with our clients in our Greenway Revenue Services business are things like clean claims rate, days in AR, percentage of claims over 90 days, collections per visit. We have a series of financial metrics that we track with our clients. It's also important for practices to establish tangible goals for improvement, and that includes monthly and setting monthly and annual targets. And oftentimes, just by measuring and observing trends of these key metrics, practices can quickly see what's working and what's not. So, for example, when we trend days in AR by aging bucket, it can help to tell a practice how long they're waiting to collect on balances, and it will tell them if their collection strategies are working or not. So we work directly with our clients to measure those different key performance indicators baseline them against best practices, establish tangible targets, and then work on improvement plans and strategies against them. Yeah. Well, in the world of revenue cycle management, we tend to talk a lot about the front office, the back office, the clinical operations. How do these groups work together efficiently in order to enable patient care and to improve the quality of care? Can you share one or two best practices maybe? Sure. So revenue cycle management absolutely requires shared responsibility amongst the office staff and team members must work together to ensure patient information is complete and accurate from the initial scheduling of an appointment through all the way through clinical documentation. And it's important in any practice that everyone understands the overarching financial objectives of the practice and how their unique function contributes to achieving those goals. So each function must understand what part they play and how crucial their function is to the overall success of the practice. Once they know that, then identifying the obstacles or blockers to inefficiency becomes much clearer. Having well-defined documentation of these policies and procedures are extremely important for each functional area as is defining how the handoffs are going to work then across those teams. So I'll give you some examples then, Patty. So for the front office, for example, over half of claim denials can be attributed to front-end issues, but most of these denials can be avoided. Uh, It's extremely important that the front desk staff is reviewing captured patient information, for example, for accuracy during the patient intake process, and that they're verifying health insurance coverage, and any authorizations that may be required prior to service. For clinicians, it's extremely important that visit documentation is adequately meeting payer documentation requirements. Having clearly defined EHR documentation workflows can help to streamline that process and ensure clinicians are efficient with their time and maximizing the time spent with their patients. And the back office staff remains the central point for billing and collections. 
as well as interfacing with payers to ensure claims are accepted and paid. So staff should focus on validating accuracy of build procedure and diagnosis codes and ensuring that those codes are correct and valid for data service. And staff should also ensure the effectiveness of their implemented claim scrubber and ensuring high quality claim edits. So all the different parts of the practice play an important role in revenue cycle operations and collections and ensuring everyone understands what their role is and what those handoffs need to look like is extremely important for practices. Yeah, that's great input. Well, David, we've pretty much run out of time here. Is there anything else you'd like to close out with? Anything that uh, you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, you know, my top piece of advice, Patty, for practices is to really stay on top of the regulatory changes, stay on top of the changes to payment rules and payment cycles. And if there's one constant in healthcare, it's change and practices need to continually stay on top of those changes in the industry, whether that's, you know, things like billing codes or documentation requirement changes, such as the recent easement of documentation that's necessary for E&M billing coding. And that's one of the reasons, you know, that Greenway recently launched a new service offering that we're calling GRS Select, which is a highly customizable revenue cycle offering that's designed to meet the unique individualized needs of healthcare practices. And that's something that I would encourage practices that are looking for a revenue cycle management partner is to really look for one that can complement the things that they're already doing, the things that they're doing well, and really identify where they need help and make sure that they're selecting a partner that can offer them help in the right areas. Thank you. That, that was very helpful. Well, thanks again, David, for uh, coming on the show. And I uh, wish you and Green Bay Health all the best. We will stay in touch. Thank you, Patty. It's been fun. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can reach us at info at with your feedback and questions. This podcast is brought to you with the support of our partners, Innovacer and Palbox.